Welcome back to the Final Whistle Podcast. Time you run! Thanks again for tuning in. Fifey and Dale in the studio for another podcast. Excited about tonight's podcast as we have a very first current NRL player still currently playing in the NRL. So tonight we will recap round 21, our normal round the grounds uh, segment. Uh, we'll preview women in league round, that's round 22, and we'll finish the podcast with a Paul Momorowski uh, interview. Afternoon, Fifey, how are we? Yeah, mate, pretty good, eh? Sun's out, the coldness is kind of pissed yeah, off. and Snow's gone. Yeah, snow came for about two days, I think. That was about it. <laughs> what caught your eye in round 21, mate? Mate, Bankwest Stadium, eh? Like, you know, we went out to the uh, open day earlier this year. It looked an all right stadium. But, you know, on, on Saturday other, we went to the game uh, where you guys kind of lost <laughs> in some kind of... Uh... Oh, they could have won it, but they didn't. And yeah, it made us a stadium just to how close, like, you know, you, you, we say suburban grounds are gold, but that, where we were sitting is, is like the same distance from where I sit when I'm, when I sit at Penrith and I sit at the end there on the, the first kind of concrete rows at Banquet, uh, at um, Panther Stadium on Family Hill. And now uh, Banquet, mate, the, the ground was really close to you, the atmosphere was good, and the way they had the lights on at half time and that, that was pretty awesome, you know. When Macasivo scored that try, mate, the crowd kind of erupted right around us. It was real awesome. And then, you know, we to, to, to turn around and then see his dad there watching as well. And, no, it was good, mate. What about you? Yeah, um, I think there was a four or five debuts um, in round 21. Uh, it was good to see. That's really caught my eye. Um, you know, the Panthers had three, but they all had their they all had their moments. Not just like they get this three, three debuting. They actually made the time and effort to have a story. Um, and let them each, you know, capture the moment in their debut game. So that was, that also caught my eye in, in round 21. Oh, yeah, sweet. Yeah. Two podcasts, mate, one week. What's happening? Yeah, oh, mate. We, we ran one a bit later because I preempted a possible playoff in my, in, 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 for my team last week. But it never, it never eventuated. We uh, ended up going in the elimination uh, final on the weekend. But, uh, yeah, so we done the one on Thursday and then... When we posted up that uh, Doonside Roofs under-14s were reinstated, we were approached by uh, Todd from Cambridge Park about he wanted to come on and have a chat about his C-grade, mate, and uh, like we were trying to work stuff out, and he kind of wanted it out before before last weekend. So we went out with it, and they came over Friday night, and we uh, just done the, the special podcast, and for a quick 40-minute chat with them about the C grade side and and uh, yeah from that mate uh, safe to say it was a hit we had 360 views until coming in today so um, massive massive you know it caught everyone's attention people listened to it Um, one thing that I kind of get from it is that no matter what they were going to uh, do or what they tried to do, Penrith had already determined, or determined their outcome by saying you can do whatever you want because your, your season's finished. So um, 
And then from that, you know, again on the weekend, more junior league stuff from Penrith with um, Colleton and, and Cambridge Park A grade. You know, uh, it was another melee there. Um, surprisingly, Colleton were 16 points up, yet they've got spectators on the sideline abusing ground officials, abusing touch judges. And they're up. That's the thing. They're up. They had it home and hose locked in. Yeah, it's it, a disappointing. It's... It'd be interesting to see what Penrith are going to do about that one because at the moment... Everyone's Col- getting kicked out. Well, at the moment, Collington A-grades are due to play this weekend for for another shot uh, to go further into the finals. So it'd be interesting to see what the outcome is from that. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's very concerning at this. Hopefully they... Junior rugby league sorts everything out. A uh, few talk, a, few, a talking point that's caught our eye over the last couple of days. Gordon Tallis has um, revised a radical expansion plan to cut Sydney teams. Um, he wants them to meet KPIs or they're out. He labelled Sydney crowds as embarrassing and called the NRL to become a truly national competition. We um, we've got some we've got to be strong. Look what the AFL did with South Melbourne. They moved them to Sydney. And they get forty thousand plus fans turn up each week. Nothing worse than watching a footy game and seeing no one there. It's embarrassing. Joey's come out and said um, it's a must that we get a team on the Central Coast. They've got the stadium. They've got a huge junior base. Um, we have too many teams in Sydney, but he's unsure um, what he'll do. What's the thoughts on this, mate? Yeah, so I uh, sort of gaudy one. And like the Sydney Basin is, it's bigger. It's bigger now than what it was when these teams were first brought out many years ago. You know, you got to think back in 1908. You know, it was just New South Wales, and it was just Sydney Metro. There, there was a Newcastle team, but that lasted one year. Dragons came in, I think, in 1910. But um, yeah, it's. It's not just that there's too many teams. It's to do with the prices too, as well. Uh, you know, if if if, if there was KPIs to be met, he, his idea has merits, but then it has flaws as well. If you set KPIs, then the NRL must allow the clubs to set their own prices on the gate fees. Uh, you, you know, unfortunately, the modern game is built for TV. You know, you see it Thursday night, just piss all people there because in the middle of the winter, you freeze your ass off, but we can sit at home and watch the TV. You've got to go to work the next day too. Friday night, 6pm. Most people don't get home until 4.30pm and then you've got to travel to your ground. Your team's ground might be an hour and a half away from where you live by the time you get home, get changed and whatever else. You know, smarter people will make alternative arrangements and take their work, uh, take their gear in their car and go straight from work. But not all people can do that. Um, you look back in the old days, there was only one TV game, which was a Sunday afternoon. Everyone else had to either listen to the radio or go to the game. And the prices were accordant, accordingly. So, you know, sitting down, where do we go? You know, Fox Sports, they've got a great setup. Surely they can have a second channel that can play a second rugby league game. They play two NFL games and two baseball games on two different channels on ESPN. 
So surely on Foxtel, there's an avenue there where they could have a second game played simultaneously. So, you know, then you'll, then you'll see what the crowd numbers are like. I, I believe more games on Saturday and Sunday are those. Are a better way to go. In this day, in this day and age, it's you know you, what you're doing is from three o'clock in the afternoon to nine thirty, you can sit on the couch and watch three games of football. How about we just change it up and have two games at three o'clock? You can put them on two different Foxtel channels. Well, Channel Nine can come back in for for God's sake and have a three p.m. game that's separate to the Foxtel game. You know, you could have Titans and Dragons playing 3pm at Cogra. You can have Penrith versus Cronulla playing 3pm at Penrith on two different stations because they've got the two channels. Um, as for expanding, yeah, we're going to have to expand. As, as for Gordon's thing on South Melbourne, moving them to Sydney, become Sydney Swans, what he, what he failed to, to put in is that the 40,000 fans didn't come like that. It was a hard slog. Even when they won their first flag in 2005, I think it was, the crowds were still not there. The crowds have come because they've signed quality players. They've gotten quality people through the, through the, the gates. Buddy Franklin, the big one. So, you know, the crowds are now there, and GWS have got the crowds too because GWS has tapped into an untapped market out in the west of Sydney. So the crowds are there for that, but what he failed to, like I said, failed to note is that in the early days, you could, you could swing a dead cat around it like you do with the Roosters games now. Exactly. Um, yeah, we need, we need a team in Perth. There's a big void left over there from Union. We need another team in Brisbane. I'd say probably not. I'd move Gold Coast there. I'd move Gold Coast. Move Gold Coast to Redcliffe. Sorry, Gold. Sorry, Gold Coast is for me long gone. They're not going to save it. No. Justin Holbrook can come in next year and make vast changes and make the, the team to the top eight. But it's un, un, unless they've got a, a money tree hiding there. That's the fourth Gold Coast team, and the fourth time we've heard him in dire need. Seagulls, Crushers, South East Coast, South East Queensland Crushers, which is part of Gold Coast anyway. Gold Coast Seagulls. There's another one there as well, plus the Titans. And they've all, except for the Titans at the moment, because they're still going, they've all folded. Unfortunately, and, and it's not just it's not just Gold Coast Titans. Gold Coast, uh, the, the Suns, they're not doing any good either. The Gold so Coast United, the soccer. Soccer team ain't doing either. For some... For some reason, sport on the Gold Coast as a top line, it just doesn't catch the imagination of the fans. Even though those sports are rampant in the juniors, for some reason, the crowds don't want to get behind the Gold Coast team. Don't ask me why. I would move Gold Coast Titans to Redcliffe or even Ipswich. Makes common sense. Yeah, well, Todd in the team, we've got some... Um some good thinking to do. Um, I don't know what else they can do, but... And the Bears need to come back too. Bears come back too. Bears have got to come back. Oh, there's another city team. 
No, but you put them on the Central Coast with six games at North Sydney Oval. There you go. They've got the club there. Step over, step aside, Todd. In comes Fifey. <laughs> All right, guys, that's the intro. Stay tuned for Recap Round 21. All right, here's the recap for Round 21. And the Broncos, they stay in the final race with a scrappy win over the Cowboys. Brisbane Broncos scored a last-minute try to get out of jail 18-14 against the North Queensland Cowboys at 1-300 Small Stadium on Thursday night. Brisbane's win in the desperately scrappy derby kept their finals hopes alive and effectively ended the Cowboys 2019 campaign which would they're on the rails coming into this that round anyway so it was probably touch and go anyway and they probably already had their season finished a week before but it's dead and buried now the home team looked to have secured a much needed win where uh, through a Jake Clifford penalty goal in the 71st minute but the Broncos Jake Turpin had the last word when he crossed for the decisive try to win the match. Man, the match went to Huss. One offload, six tackle breaks, 26 runs for 244 metres and 30 tackles. Daya, what's your thoughts on the Cowboys' controversial no try? They had five of them there to tackle him, 20 metres out, and none of them made a tackle. Oh, no, McCulley put his hands in the air and said, oh, I got taken out. Shut, ass- shut up, head down. I turned it off after that. It was absolutely poor. It put me off. The Warriors survived a late comeback from the Manly Seagulls to pick up a vital 24-16 win on Friday night to keep themselves in the hunt for finals playoffs. The Warriors led 18-0 with 15 minutes to play and looked set for a comfortable victory before the sin binning of Adam Blair sparked a hectic finish which saw the Seagulls score 16 points in 8 minutes and come within a whisker of a famous Comeback victory in Auckland. Man, the match, Marmalo, two tries, two line breaks, four tackle breaks, 23 runs for 240 metres. Is Adam Blair the dumbest NRL player in the game? I wouldn't say dumbest. I'd say small attention span, I guess, where, you know, he goes good for so long and then all of a sudden just has a, a brain fart and puts his team under immense pressure. Again, 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 and again, and again, and again. It's yeah, happened. It's happened at every club. It's happened at every club he's been at. He's done it for Melbourne. Done it for Tigers, Tigers, Broncos, and now Warriors. Warriors. Debutant playmaker Matt Burton starred as an under underdog uh, Penrith side shocked the Cronulla Sharks twenty six twenty at Penrith Stadium on Friday night to keep their finals hopes alive. The home team, which went into the contest with three teenage debutants. Ambushed their more experienced and fancied opponents from the opening kickoff. Burton took to the NRL like duck to water. Enjoying an impressive opening 15 minutes that was capped with a try assist via, via a clever kick that saw Brent Naden touchdown for the game's opening try. 65 tackles were missed though by Penrith Steel in that victory. Man of the match, Cleary. One try, two try assists. Two line breaks, two tackle breaks, one line break assist. 16 out of the 17 players for Penrith made their debuts for the club over the, that played on the weekend. Can you guess which one didn't? I'm the one who wrote this up, so I know the answer, but do you? The one that's played. One that didn't make their debut at Penrith out of all 17 that played there. All the 17. Let me go through the list. 
probably have to be the captain, James Tarnow. Ding, ding, ding! St. <laughs> <laughs> George captain Gareth Willett helped ensure fellow Englishman James Green enjoyed a win in his 400th first grade appearance with a five-star performance that of all but confined Gold Coast Titans to retain that dreaded wooden spoon. Willett played on three tries and kicked six goals in just his third match back from a shoulder reconstruction as the Dragons ended a five-game losing streak to move six points clear of last place, the Titans, with four rounds remaining. Man of the match, Vaughan, one try, two offloads, 22 runs with 237 metres and 34 tackles. Does this win take any pressure off McGregor? Nah, I've said it before. I don't see him there if he's if he's there at the start of next year and they have a shit start, he'll be gone. Uh, I dare say that his um his job is very much on the line, and I dare say that Parramatta will be bringing their lovely wooden spoon from last year to the game this weekend to give the baton over to the Titans. Mitchell Pearce. And Kale and Ponga entered as heavyweights, but it was Mitch Moses and Clint Gutherson in the knockout blow that leaves Newcastle's finals hopes on the ropes. Moses and Gutherson outpointed out their origin credentialed opposite numbers, the star attractions of the show in which Parramatta won 20 points to 14, and it takes them to equal fifth. And back into the postseason after last year's wooden spoon efforts. Seven errors in the second half didn't help the Knights get back into the game. Man of the match went to Guffo, two tries, one offload, one tackle break, 16 runs for 148 metres. Mate, are the Knights packing their bags for an overseas trip at the end of round 25? I think um, tickets already bought, but accommodation hasn't. <laughs> Accommodation could be bought with a loss to the Cowboys this week. The Dogs have produced a stunning second half blitz to beat West Tigers 18-16 at ANZ Stadium and put a huge dent in finals aspirations of Michael Maguire's men. After trailing 8-0 at the break, the Bulldogs flew out of the blocks in the second term with tries to Josh Jackson, Jeremy Marshall King and Nick Meany within 15 minutes of assumption. From that point, the Dogs dug in on the back of committed defence and controlled sets orchestrated by Halves, Jack Cogger and Lachlan Lewis. On a horror night for the Tigers, they lost captain Mitch Moses and retiring hooker Robbie Farrow to, to potentially... Mitch Mo Moses and by. Moses Embi, sorry, and <laughs> Hooker, Robbie Farrer to potential serious injuries before halftime and squandered a golden opportunity to leapfrog the Sharks, Broncos and Panthers into seventh. Embi twinged his quad in the warm-up and lasted just eight minutes while Farrer hurt his knee in, in a tackle in the 13th minute and was gone for the night ten minutes out from halftime. With the game seemingly destined for Golden Point, Momorowski missed a relatively easy conversion and the Bulldogs hung on. Mate, can the Tigers creep in the eight without Farrah and Mbai? Uh, yeah, just on that though, um, Farrah, um, we thought it was a knee on, uh, it's actually come out to be a fractured tibia. So, a bit worse than I guess. Uh, I guess with a knee you probably could strap it and whatever else but with a bro with a fractured bone. It's a six week process. It's yeah, it's it's pretty much 
his season done unless Tigers can go deep into the finals. Uh, can they make it? Yeah, look, they've hinged their, their, their moving forward without Farrah on Jacob Little. So Little will have to step up and have a big game. Corey Thompson slips into that fullback role. And by oh, Jennings will probably come in and cover the centre spot. They they need the players that they bring in to replace need to be players on form in order for them to have any go forward. Benji can do it. Benji's Benji's shown that he's there. You know he's kept out the younger, more fancier opponent in in Josh Reynolds out of the five eight for most of this year. If they get if they get good choices into those positions that are taken, then they should just make the eight possibly. James Tedesco looked curious up two tries apiece as the Roosters survived the late Raiders' charge to run out 22-18 victors in a cold GIO stadium on Sunday. Although <coughs> the NRL heavyweights went toe-to-toe in an action-packed first half, and at the end of the opening 40 minutes, the visitors had their advantage 18-12, despite running into the wind. In a contest of momentum swings where either team could land and couldn't land a knockout blow, the high-quality game showed... The Roosters are still very much a team to be feared this season with the finals looming on the horizon. For the Raiders, while they threatened the defending premiers for extended periods of the time, of the game, I should say, the loss means the Green Machine have yet to beat a fellow top four side. Man, the match goes to Victor Radley, the inflictor. One try, one offload, three tackle breaks, 11 runs for 105 metres and 49 tackles. It's pretty low for man the match, but I guess there wasn't much running to be done in that headwind on the weekend. Dale, should Sticky be concerned that they haven't been any top uh, top four side going into the final series so far? Um, with, Mel- with Melbourne, catch twenty two. They got the talent. Um, can they can they get there psychologically? That is the big challenge for them. But I got Melbourne this week, and Sticky came out. Uh, over the weekend or, or yesterday and said that it's, he's not phased and if we're going to a grand final we would back his men oh, that's, that's, that. well, that, well, that's what you want from your coach you know when your coach go and go oh yeah no we haven't beaten the top four sides so no we, we won't errors just let them down like they have against big sides to keep the errors well, down they're matching well across the park they've got Storm this week so it'll be interesting back too, so it'd be, yeah it, it'd be interesting you know you had the 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 Lua Rapana connection, Rapana connection, I should say, down the side. Hashtag Lapana. Yeah, get that one going. <laughs> Monster Monster South to all but claim minor premiership. A brilliant performance from the Storm 5-8. Karen Munster has proved the difference as an injury hit Melbourne overcome a determined Bunnies outfit with a thrilling 26-16 win at Gosford on Sunday afternoon. Man the match from a losing side went to Campbell Graham for his hat-trick 15 runs for 147 metres. What positive signs will Bennett take from this loss? From this loss, uh, I guess probably because the 12 nil down, working their way back. Um, there's probably not much more than that because obviously it wasn't a full-strength storm. So, I, you know, so to have players come in, make their debut um, and whatever else, and they still went down to, I think, you know, whether, whether, whether the Rabbitohs had no Burgess and no Burgess and they had Corey Allen at fullback 
Burns. Yeah, and Braden Burns as well. So, you know, well, Burgess and Burns have been in now that team all year. So nothing different there, but... 100%. That's round 21, mate. Um, who's, who's your player's round pick? A couple of debutants. Uh, Nico Hines and, and Matt Burton. No, they, they did well on, on debut, you know. We, we saw the story. You know, I, was, I watched the first, first 60 minutes of the game at home and then I went out for a dinner, so we had Trip Lemon on the radio going out. And at the end of the match, Dan Ganane was talking to Cameron Smith, and Cameron Smith revealed a story about Nico Hines that a couple of years ago he was all but given up on his football, and Mackay gave him a chance. And then, I mean, yeah, so Mackay gave he was at Mackay and he had all given up. And then Sunshine Coast Falcons gave him a chance, and then he impressed last year, caught the eye of Ryan Hinchcliffe, who generally goes back and watches a lot of the Queensland games to report back the bells up, or belly ache, whichever one you want to call him. And um, yeah, Ryan Hinchley said, hey, this is this is good kid up here. And then so belly ache invited him to pre-season and kept him down for an extra two weeks. And then he was buoyed from that and went back and he, he looked at, the, he, uh, looked at the, the, the calendar, the roster, and circled in that game. To make to be involved in it somehow, some way, and it was just it was just great that it happened. And um, Cameron Smith, uh, they they asked Cameron Smith, you know, being you know being a coach, like you know if you're you know being a coach and that, you kind of see your rookie players and you see where they come from, and if you know you're going there, you try you earmark to see if they're going to be good enough to be there. And Cameron said, "Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure Carrig would have had a look at it." And then, as you could hear the interview happening with Cameron Smith in the background, you could hear this eruption and they're singing like it was a team song and there was 50 of his mates there singing a team song. So for stuff like that, and then Matt Burton again, you know, he had the Dubbo, Dubbo Faithful drove five and a half hours down to watch him debut, you know, you got to play alongside Isaiah Yo, who's a fellow Dubbo Orange kind of from there, so it was good to see that as well. And they played superbly in both their games yeah. what about you mate yeah yeah they did um, dream debut for both of them really I've uh, got Nathan Cleary's massive question marks on him with Maloney being suspended and him you know, need, needing to step up and, and making the team his own um, so he really impressed me uh, on Friday night so that's why he's got my players around well they, they didn't play sideways they actually went to the line that's, the, that's their problem the last couple of weeks is they've been going to sideway motion and uh, I guess that's probably from Maloney taking control because you look at you know Matt Burton, Matt Burton cleared and the return of Billy Armitage they went straight. As good as Malone, as good as the player Maloney is, he obviously likes to play sideway movement. Yeah, at the back. And it doesn't work all the time. Hit it up the middle, tire them out, and then go to your, your movements. Maybe it was your team in the round. Uh, oh, on on that I picked Penrith. The massive question marks. Three debutants. Not much experience in the halves. James Maloney, their, their clutch player, not playing. Um, and they really did impress me. I know that Sharks come back at the end there, um, but I think I think Panthers did enough um, for not for them to not get back in it really much there anyway. What about you? Yeah, mate, I went the Warriors, eh? You know, got touched up by Canberra. You know, 
we, we say all the time, and a lot of people have said that they can't win away, but they've actually won more away than they have at home this year, I think, from memory. So, uh, you know, for me, I, I, I really rated that, that win, you know. They muscled up, took it to Manly. You know, everyone expected Manly to come away with the cookies, but they didn't, so that was good. Bizarre that... um. It was bizarre that they just on that Moses Embiid injury. It was bizarre that they, you know he heard it in the in the warm up and they still went to go with him. They surely they had an 18th man sitting around somewhere. You would have thought so too, mate. How'd you go in the tips this week? Ah, oh, shit! Got four out of eight. Um, oh, got one better than you anyway. I'll oh, take that. Well, you said you were going to go and take bloody roughies to get your points back up. You didn't take enough roughies, did you? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> That's the recap round 21. Stay tuned for Rugby League Around the Grounds. Here we go, guys. New South Wales Rugby League Around the Grounds and overseas action as well. We'll start off with Canterbury Cup, <coughs> round 21. And the Panthers, they went down to the Newtown Jets uh, in an upset, 18-28. to 28. The Bears went... Oh, the Dragons, actually, sorry, I should say the Dragons were the home team. Got up in a thriller against the North Sydney Bears, 22-18. Winnie Magpies went down to the Knights, 6-12. Uh, was a nice low-scoring affair. Mounties defeated uh, Bulldogs, 26-14. Rabbitohs defeated the Warriors, 32-30. And the Seagulls defeated... The Western Suburb Magpies, I'm pretty sure, 30-20. to 20. Moving on to the ladder, Rabbitohs are now, with that win, going up into first. Dragons and Bulldogs are tied on equal second on 25 points. Panthers are fourth, Bears stay in fifth. Mounties are in sixth, Warriors are in seventh, and Western Suburb Magpies and the Jets are equal eight on 19 points. Into Ron Massey. Cabramatta defeated Western Suburb Magpies 12 to points to 4. Seagulls went down to Wenty Magpies 30-24. Hills Bulls got a win over uh, the Gleeburg Wolves 28-4. Guilford Owls went down to Mounties 10 points 36. And the Asquith Magpies beat Brothers 22-16. And St Mary's had the bye. Wenty Magpie, Magpies are still on top there, guys, are 34. St Mary's are second there in 32. And Mounties, Asquith Magpies, Guilford Owls, West of Suburb Magpies, Cabramatta, and the Hills Bulls around the eight out. There was a buy there for the Sydney Shield, a uh, buy round uh, over the weekend. Moving on to Jersey Flag, which is our down the 20s competition. And the Panthers had a loss to Granada Sharks, four points to 24. The Warriors had a big win over um, Manly Seagulls. A 46-6. The Bulldogs went down to the West Tigers, 14 points to 24. The Eels got up against the Knights, 28-24. Oh, pardon me. The uh, Dragons defeated the Bears, 38-16. The Raiders went down to the Roosters, 16 points to 28. And the Rabbitohs had a cricket school victory over the Victoria Thunderbolts, 64-6. So the latter here sees the Sharks and the Roosters equal on 25 points up top. Then the Rabbitohs on 23, Panthers on 22, Bulldogs are on 21, Knights are on 20, Raiders are on 20, Warriors are on 8. 
according to the New South Wales Rugby League app, there was no Business Plaza games last weekend, so we'll wait to see how they go this weekend. And the Harvey Normans Women's Premiership Grand Final. Mounties won it last year, so they're coming in as the raging favourites. And the CRL Newcastle have defeated them 24 points to 10. And try scorers for CRL Newcastle were Bobby Law, Kylie Hilda, Taylor Predabon, uh, Simone Smith with Sky McKenzie converting one goal and Melanie Howard converting three. For the Mounties, the try scorers were Tamea Kelly Sines and Talia Hunter with Bridie Parker kicking one from two. Mate, you got some local stuff for us. There's still some games going on in the local, isn't there? Yeah, so um, well done to St Mary's, um, the under eight Mark Wide knockout. Um, so they they defeated Glenmore Park uh, in the 2019 final there. So well done to St Mary's and well done to Glenmore Park. I'm pretty sure uh, Paul Gallen was there at that game too because his young boy was playing in in one of the teams as well. I saw him getting some photos with some of the boys over the weekend. Yeah, it was awesome to see. Uh, Quaker Seal um, destroyers in the uh, in the eights knockout. A shout out to Dylan. Snudden, he was named um, player of his pool, so well done Dylan. Yeah, right, nah, um, yeah, Nathan, he coaches that side and he's been telling me that side's a real uh, gun little side, so good on you there Nathan. Uh, St Mary's, so again, saying on St Mary's, had 18 teams progress to the grand final over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, so well done Saints, and they've got a few more that are playing again this week to get into the grand final too. Yeah, so obviously you know, Division 1, Division 2 and 3 obviously play a bit different. Uh, 18 teams, uh, that's out of... Uh, it would be interesting to see what conversion rate that is from teams el- eligible to play that they had to the teams that actually went in. But, you know, years and years and years of being involved in Penrith, St Mary, St Clair, Glenmore Park, Brothers, they all they always, always show a good showing in the finals and it's evident through their coaching um their coaching staff and, and their um, coaching methods that they bring from top level all the way down. Awesome, mate. Um, just onto your 12s, how did they go in the semi-final? Yeah, so it was a knockout semi. You know, we lost last week, which put us into the elimination. We actually versed Guildford, which we haven't actually versed them all year. We were tipped to verse them earlier in the year, but they forfeited because they had a, uh, a viral bug sweep through their team, so they forfeited for us. So this was the first time that we actually came up against them. Took 14 minutes into the first half for actually anyone to score a try. The wind was a howl, howling affair. Uh, unfortunately, we we went down by two points. Um, so that was our season finished. So now the boys are going to strap themselves in for uh, off-season with Oztag. Uh, we've got a tour away to Gaira, which we're still looking for any uh, sponsors, if anyone wants to jump on board to help get the boys up there uh, and then yeah we'll start our pre-season late November with uh, new players in, intact and in tow ready to go for 2020. Awesome, some overseas results now, um, Brooklyn Kings defeated Boston 13s 54-0 to become North Conference champions, Jacksonville Axeman defeated Tampa Mayhem 28 Six to become the Southern Conference champions. So now Brooklyn and Jacksonville will play off for the USA Rugby League National Championship. Axemen are the defending premiers and are looking to go back to back, and it is a rematch of last year's grand final. 
So strap yourselves well, in. Well, I reckon I reckon Jackson Fields had a better better game to prepare. Twenty eight six, so it would have been a bit more of a tough one. Looks like Brooklyn Kings went out and went out and had a training run. Brooklyn Kings haven't lost a game all season either. Well, they went out for a training run that weekend, that's for sure. Uh, well, that's it. That's right. We're really around the ground. It's nice, short and sweet. Um, stay tuned for the, re- uh, the preview of round 22 and then the interview with Paul Momorowski. Tonight we welcome former Roosters flying current West Tigers outside back Paul Momorowski. He's only played a handful of first grade games, but he sure knows how to find the try line. Welcome to the final whistle, mate. Hey, boys. How are we? Good, mate. Good. Momorowski, what's that background? Uh, it's Macedonian. Macedonian, both parents? Uh, yep, both of them. Awesome. You're in red hot form at the moment. Four tries in the past three games. What do you put this down to? Um, first, just getting an opportunity. I think getting a few games in a row has been good, but I think we played some good footy in the last month, and you know, I think I've just been lucky to be on the end of it. Manly this Thursday night at Brookie. How's the boys prepared this week, and also uh, from the from the loss in the Dogs and injuries to key players in Farrah and um, Embai. I think um, the short turnaround sort of come at a good time because we sort of we don't get too much time to dwell on it. We've got a had we sort of train Monday and then we roll into Wednesday training and play Thursday. So we don't get much time to sort of analyse it and go too much through it. You just focus on this week. All right, uh, talk us through that con- that misconversion on the weekend, mate. Um, what did Madge and the boys say to you after the game? Look, they were really good. Like I think a lot of them was just like you, they say, goal kicking can't. Win you, I can't lose you a game, but they can win you a game. So it's, we should have, we did it to ourselves. Like we, that period after half time really hurt us. So um, look, well, I'd love to put it over, hundred percent. Was like, am I can't, am I going to be thinking about the next time I kick? No, I kick those all the time. Like any kicker will tell you, like it just happens sometimes, and it, it happened to me in a key moment. But um, look, um, I'm not. I'm, I'm still ready to go this week and I'll be kicking this week, hopefully. Or well, not hopefully, I will be. So, um, yeah, I'm not too fussed about it, mate. I'm focusing on this week and not dwelling on it too much. Awesome. Captain's run tomorrow? Yeah. Um, so, obviously, Mbai and Farah's out. Um, so, if for people that don't understand or know what a captain's run uh, is, can you just give us uh, an understanding of what the captain run entails and who do you think will be leading out now that the two boys are injured? So, the captain's run, it's... It's called a captain's run, but it is still run by the coach a little bit. And towards the end of the session, the, we just run as a team and we just go through our, our structures and stuff. So obviously, Benji Marshall will step in as a leader, as he always does. And there's a few leaders there, so we'll just... Benji Marshall will lead it, but the, Luke Brooks runs it. And a few of the other boys, are, the other leaders in the group, just take over. And we sort of put our final prep prep in for the game. So that's pretty much it. Uh, mate, uh, how and why did you start playing rugby league? Um, Dad came over to Australia when he was about 18, 19, and he moved moved to Belmore and um, just started watching the Bulldogs. He wasn't much of a rugby league person, obviously, overseas in Europe. There's not much over, much of it over there. It's all soccer, so he just fell in love with the game, watching it, watching the Bulldogs. And um, once when I started growing up, I think he just didn't think twice, put me straight into it. Yeah, what was your junior league club when you when you started out? I started off at the Camperdown Dragons, and then our team folded about under 10 so I moved to the Alexandria Rovers and played there for the rest of my um, teenage years so that was, that was awesome they were a great club South Sydney Junior? Yep South Sydney Junior Talk us through the systems um, that you come through um, bef- before making your first grade debut Yeah sort of um, all South Sydney, South Sydney Junior development stuff and then through high school obviously you get your little rep teams here and there 
your Sydney East, Sydney Red, New South Wales CHS. Nothing too major. Nothing that I was showing in school boys or anything like that. Um, did you make your, your school rep squads? How high did you go up in school reps? I got to the CH, New South Wales CHS in 18s. Yep. As a 5'8". So did, you, uh, did you go up to Queensland or was it a... Yeah, it was yeah? in Cairns, that tournament. Yeah, we had a pretty, pretty good team. We, Tropical we, tournament. Yeah, yeah, we um, <laughs> we won it on the bell, actually. Won the tournament on the bell, who which else was, was awesome. in that? Who else was in that New South Wales side that you were in? Oh, mate, we had like, Brian Kelly, um, Bevan French, Nathan Davis, um, Sione Matautia, Ewan Aitken, Luciano Leilua, Adam Fanua. Um... Stacked. It's really stacked team. We had, and all um, those all those players there have gone on to play first grade or nearing to play for the Yeah, I think we out of seventeen or twenty one that were there, I reckon a good over fifteen has played, which is pretty good. Um obviously they always tell you the stats and three to four players, but I guess when you get to those rep teams, that's what you're gonna get. You're gonna yeah. get you're gonna the, best get, the best. best of the best. Yeah. Yeah, the stat as a whole as a whole through all junior league is that every every year when the under sixes start at one point Two or one point three percent of those players will go on and play, but obviously getting up to your your rep levels and in the high school, majority of them are there for a reason. They're yep. not there just to make numbers. Exactly. Yeah. Two thousand sixteen Holden Cup champions, um, twenty eight six down at half time to come back and win thirty to twenty eight. What was the message at half time from Anthony Barnes that inspired this incredible comeback? Um, I think we all sort of came in at half time. We'll go. I don't know what just happened, but we know we're a lot better than that. And um, we won. We like we knew we could score points. Like you look at our team. Like we had we had points in us. Yeah, so we were pretty worried. stacked actually. Yeah, we that... were stacked. Yeah, that was another one. Like they tell you your twenties teams, only one or two of you is going to make it. Like we had a fair few. I think uh, I was looking at the stat from Penrith and you guys. Out of the thirty-four players, twenty of them played first grade. Yeah, like there's your. Yeah, and I think I think the most. Um, from that Holden Cup era, the most Holden Cup players transferred into first grade was Canberra and the Warriors. And maybe yeah, Brisbane as well. They were, they were, I remember watching them when I was young, in the 20s. You were watching Dugan that start, and those Croker. Warriors teams were unstoppable. But um, yeah, so it was, yeah, he's, mate, he's a great coach, Anthony Barnes. He, he, he's done a lot for me coming through the Roosters ranks. But um, yeah, I think. We just we knew we could do it, and we just knew we had to that ten minutes after half time if we can get some points on, make it a bit closer. Because once you start getting to fifteen minutes to go and you've got to chase up five tries, then you, then you really start pushing it. So I think at the start of that ten, first ten minutes after half time, we really focused on it, and we obviously got a try or two in there. So you played five eight in that game. Yeah. Have you ever come up and gave Benji a tap on the shoulder and said you want to swap position? No. Five eight's a funny one. I played a fair bit of it growing up, but it's not something I ever really really see myself in the top grades as but I, like I've got I've got the ability and I've I've played enough there. Like I played I've played probably more I've played a lot more five out than I played wing. I'll tell you that. Well, but you can slip in the fullback then yeah, and just well, become an extra playmaker. Yeah really. exactly. So yeah. fullback's always something that sort of there but if mate, it's a specialist position. It really is like and when you as soon as you start getting older and older like it's blokes have been playing fullback their whole career and it's, just like, it's a whole different ball game back there, especially in first grade. And like, the quality of fullbacks in there right now, like top notch. Yeah, hundred percent. Do you believe that the Panthers threw the key in the rack, or do you think that you guys were the better team? Oh, I think it was just a fact that they had the first half and we had the momentum. Second half, and we kicked five from five. Well, Jesse Marchke, I still remember he kicked five from five. 
in the second half and they had missed one of their goals. So it was literally got down the goal kick because it was the same momentum swing, but we just managed to kick. So you went up and played for Wyong. Tell us who you, who you played under there and how did the, uh, it was uh, Intrust Super Cup New South Wales at the time develop or prepare you before making that next step to first grade? Yeah, I think it's um, it's a good little period. Like you, Obviously, first grade players, you get your real gun teenagers that come out at 18, 19, and they have their long, long careers. And there's blokes that go through the the reserve grades or the path, and there's like there's, everyone's path is different. But I think the reserve grade is such a high quality. Like This year, going up and down at the start of the year, last year, obviously, played a couple of games of first grade, but played majority in New South Wales Cup. Like, you're versing first graders every week and you're versing players that are, and they'll find the teams that have less established first graders than the other harder ones to verse because the guys have got more to prove so it's um it's a really good comp I played under Rip Taylor there and there was a few Mitchie Williams and a few boys up there that played a lot of reserve grade and mate they were, they were awesome like, Rip, Ta- Rip Taylor that's a name that not, not many people hear about he's been everywhere he was a uh, Rip Taylor was coaching out at Collington there a couple of years as well in between in between gigs as well, and had a had a preseason under him there, and it, it was a tough preseason. Mm. But um, are you a traditional? Like, do you believe you know the kids that go through go sixteens, eighteens, and then obviously flag? Do you believe that they go straight into first grade, or do you believe that path through, you know, New South Wales Cup is is the best option? Because it was obviously that's where you went through it, but. And the old saying is, if you're old enough, you're good enough. So you obviously can't play NRL to 18 now, but do you believe they should you know, stay in that system in New South Wales Cup, or do you believe they just bleed them straight in? No, nah, if you're ready, you're ready. Like, if, you, if you really are ready, you are ready. And you know what, it's funny, because like, coaches have their opinions on players, and coaches have their own sort of philosophy, and one coach could think you're ready, and another coach doesn't think you're ready. So I think it's, it is circumstance, but the other thing is, is, I think you naturally find out where you are, so if you're in a system and you think you're ready at 18 and the coach isn't picking you and you're getting frustrated, well, you might not be, you might not be as ready as you think you are. So yeah. I think it, it's a natural sort of selection there. And obviously coaches have their they have their own little things. Like the team I'd pick in the squad might be different to the team you pick. So it comes down to that. But I just think naturally you'll find out where, where you're at by where you're playing and how you're playing. So with the why on, how, how early in the week, barring injuries, of course, to first grade, would you know that you were going up there and then what day would you drive up there if it was a home game? Yeah, so obviously we find we find out Tuesdays, everyone, team list Tuesday, it's sort of standard. Um, and unless, barring injuries on the weekend, you get told early, you, you find out Tuesday. And we'd normally go up on a Friday, go stay up there, we'd um, get a feed, we'd train up there at about five o'clock, so we'd all drive up around midday, get your little carpool group, a couple of us boys would beat drive the traffic. Together, beat the traffic up early, have a coffee up there. We'd, we'd train and we'd all stay at a motel there and they'd put on the feed for us down at um, Wally Bay Leagues Club. And, mate, I'm telling you, all, whatever you want to just order up, two meals, oysters. The boys took a bit of a luxury out of it, but it was a good time. And how, how, how was it? Obviously, we know that most reserve grades are a mix and match patched, patched together side. How did you guys go? Because, obviously, Wyland's now cut, cut away from it and they've gone elsewhere. How did you go with it? With um coming up there and then having the patch in sometimes and learn new combinations. Yeah, it was um it's funny because like that twenties team that we just spoke about, we sort of there was a big group of us that went up and played cup the next year because we were we were an older group or we were an older twenties group, so we we all went up and played together and we were just having fun. Like none of us were like I just spoke about when you were ready. Like 
we could probably say a few of us weren't ready. Us younger boys are around the same age as me, but they're obviously they're the boys that are playing now. Your Paul Arsa, Farmasoli, Satili. We were all just we were all just running around having fun up there. And like I said before, the teams that don't have those established first graders in it, or not as many, they're the ones that are harder to verse because they just have. I think that's just what we had. We ended up making the grand final that year, and we were pretty much similar to that twenties team that played the year before. So it was um yeah, it's a funny one because. I found that it was just fun. Like we, there was no pressure. Like we weren't, we weren't playing for a spot in first grade every week because, like we were, but we knew that we were probably a little bit off. So we're just having fun playing as well as cup, and I think it showed because we made it to the grand final, and I think it surprised a fair bit of us. NRL debut round 18, 2018 against the Titans. You also scored on debut. Um, just a couple of questions here. You know, how were you told? What was the week building up like? And do you remember who gave you your jersey? Yeah, um, I was wasn't actually meant to play. Latrell was getting rested, and uh, Mitch Orbison was moving to centres as he does, plays every position. Mister Fix it. Well, yeah, exactly right. And um, he pulled up tight on captain's run actually from a little hamstring sort of. And he, I remember him saying to me, uh, "Stay ready, like I'm not too sure they're going to give him to the morning." On, on game day and we're flying up to Goldie the day before and he goes stay ready because I think you might be on here and then I remember this is before the training session and then we, we, we trained that day and then I think Robbo goes look we're going to give Orbo the chance but I'd be I'd be 90-90% chance you're playing this is the day before the game and my parents are overseas can't make the game I, I call my brother I call um, my, my partner Matilda who can get up who can come up to Goldie like I said look I'm not 100% right now but I'll be booking my flights in case, you know, like I wouldn't want to miss it. So there's a group of about six of them come up, fly up on the um, game day, and um, yeah, it was awesome. We, um, I was, like I said, my build up to my debut, I didn't have a build up. I was just preparing to be 18th man. I was just looking to travel, and look, it worked out really well, and I think it was sort of good. I didn't have to think about it too much. I just <laughs> had one day, had one night, and we're there, we're playing. So it was, Robert gives you the nod in the morning? Yeah, yeah, in the morning. It was, we went for a team walk, and he comes up and goes, always had a run. He's no good, so you're in. And I remember there was a couple of the boys we debuted the same day. So it was easy. I think it was just a nice, cool, calm prep. We're on the Goldie. We're on the, we went to the beach <laughs> in the morning. It was cruisy. We um, didn't think about it too much because we didn't have time. So obviously Matilda was up there, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And a few of your, a few of your mates and stuff? Yep, yep. Four or five of them and yeah. my brother. Yeah, awesome. So your parents tuning in from overseas? Uh, yeah, they, they found a little pub somewhere in Europe to, to watch it from. <laughs> All right, so uh, going off on your, your debut, you, you get a run in the uh, preliminary final against South Sydney, and you scored the match-winning try coming in for the suspended Latrell Mitchell. Now, the question here, which which is going to irate a few South Sydney supporters, though. So you're a South Sydney junior. How did it feel scoring the match-winning try to kick them out of the competition for that year? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Public enemy number one in Redfern? Yeah. No, I, I, well, I hope not. Um, I just think it's... Um, I wasn't thinking too much about that, to be honest. I think I could have been... Like, you're versing South, everyone was... I got a few less questions leading into it. Oh, you mate, you're nervous. Like, how are you? Are you feeling it's your old team? And I was thinking, it doesn't feel like it. Like, it's my second game of first grade. I'd be nervous if I was versing anyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, at your second game of first grade, whether it's a finals game or not, I could have, like I said, we were versed the Titans in my first game and could have versed anyone in that in that preliminary final and I'd be nervous. So versing South wasn't wasn't like a massive thing in my head. It was just like, I just want to do good in this game. But um, in 
terms of scoring against them and kicking them out, I don't know. Like, I just think it was... Part and parcel. Yeah, sort of part and parcel. Didn't, didn't have to do too much in that game. That team was stacked and I think anyone could have come in and played that centre position and, and won the game. So, uh, like, it wasn't... Uh, not Cat, was, catch? Yeah. Catch, run, score? Well, it didn't even run. I thought, catch, put it down. Bounce off them, hit the ground, I picked it up and put it down. It so you, you done more running in the post try celebration, did you then? Yeah, <laughs> I actually think I worked harder after <laughs> So um, tell us a bit. Uh, tell us what it was like training grand final week. You know, all the focus that was on will Cooper play. All that, all the bullshit and all the mind games went on with both camps there. Honestly, was he always going to play, mate? Honestly, no. I thought he was no chance. I really did think he was no chance, and that's what I think everyone sort of thinks that's a bit of bullshit. But I, I, I seriously didn't see how he could play, and <laughs> I think I don't know what he was thinking. Whether he knew the whole time and it was a secret, but um. I had no idea, and obviously I was there the whole time. So unless I wasn't being told something that. So in, in the captain's run, did he did he do the captain's run? No, he um. No, he was in the sling still. Yeah, he was had the, the cameras sling. over the top. Yeah, so he had a. He must have. I think oh, from memory, he had to do something in that afternoon, or he was waiting to see a special. I, I don't know, but I remember. Oh, it might have been. Yeah, honestly, it's it, it sort of rolls into one now. It's a bit of a blur, but I from memory he didn't do captain's run. And no, he didn't because I had the, the helicopter over yeah, the top and he was in the sling. Yeah, now yeah, the <laughs> helicopter. Mm. So um, yeah, he he was no chance. Yeah, so no, we 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 were watching and and obviously an hour and a half beforehand it had leaked out that he was going to play, mm. and then you know the, the the tab and all that they changed their uh, their odds and that. So you guys obviously would have known about two hours before 12, 12, 32 o'clock. I think, we, I, think I've, I remember finding out in the morning of the game. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure. We might have you were there, stayed right? together the night. Oh, we, I think we stayed together the night before as a team at the hotel. So whether we found out in the morning, I, I don't remember. You were in the sheds, by the way. Yeah, I yeah. warmed up. Like I was, I warmed up for the grand final. So I was in the sheds and, and everything. So I, I knew leading into the game on the day. I remember if that, if he doesn't sure. play, were you a chance at 5-8? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Nah, Robert, Robert had some genius ideas that um of how to sort of play and how to beat the he storm. Had a few, yeah, well, he had a few mate, he's was his what was his tactics? He um Yeah, he just had a, he just was gonna throw a few variations with the centres, I think obviously having Joey Joey and Latrell and you have them there, you can just get them the ball and they, they'll work. So I think. Yeah, it would, probably would have been the trail play 5 8 in attack and Orbo defend it at half back and then in attack he'd play out in the, in the centre. Yeah, something like that. He, he might have even done something similar during the season this year. I'm not too sure. I, I, I haven't obviously. Watched so half time game. you come in, uh, they come in, you, you obviously were back in, the, in your team, team um, supporter gear because yep. you weren't playing. What was it like at half time in the half but was it still? Was it frantic? No, it was calm. It was like that sense of like we've, we've we know we can do this. We obviously had they played well the whole game. Like they dominated that game and they were in, on top. And it was it's sort of it's funny. It's like that. Yeah, they were just calm. This was the calmness about it. Everyone just knew like forty minutes. And I think when you're up at that stage, like obviously anything can happen. The rugby league. We've seen it all happen before. But yeah, there was a sense of calmness, and you just thought like. I'm not losing it from here. I've watched tons of rugby league um, during my time. That whole week, I'm thinking, if Cooper doesn't play, there's no chance. But if he does play, there's probably no chance because he can't tackle. 
and I'm just thinking, how how is the Roosters gonna like that storm side? Like Billy Slater was retiring, you know, they got Ken Smith stacked. I'm like, you haven't. I don't think you beat them all year. Um, and like, how you, how are you, seriously how's how's Kiri gonna be able to beat them on his own sort of thing? And I was just like crazy. And then I watched it. The first ten minutes, you got well, I think it was like fourteen nil, something eight nil. And Melbourne Storm are you know, going sideline to sideline, 20 metres out from their own line, and I'm thinking, that's over. Mm. Melbourne Storm do not go away from their game plan yeah. until the 81st minute. Mm. And I'm thinking, this is over here. And that's, it was like, the best grand final of all time is probably 2015, yeah. but tactically, the, what, what Robbo did, mate, you take head off to him every day of the week. Oh, so you, you've already spoken about Robbo and how, how tactical he is. What was he like as a coach? Did he did he rev players up or did he come in and give you a, a soft, subtle whisper in the ear of what he wanted from you? He was, um, he was, he kind of put him down to one style. Like his style is, well, obviously, you know, I'm talking talking about the grand final year, so you, you're making a few right decisions and <laughs> right things at the right time throughout the whole year. So I think he's got a few styles. Like if it's needed, it's more, like he will, he will give it if it's warranted. But he's a, uh, You'll very rarely see him at halftime too, too flustered or too, too um, like angry or emotional. You'll never, you'll never see a Desi off the door moment from him. No, no. <laughs> I think so. Look, look, don't get me wrong. Like if it's warranted and the boys are just not there, like it, it, it can come out, but you you will rarely see it. I rarely, I rarely saw it. So um, look, he's he's a very yeah, like you said, he's a tactical coach. He, he's a very very deep thinker of the game, and he obviously is one of the best at it because. He's producing it, but yeah, it was. I just remember being in all that grand final week of like, this is like one week of preparation. You don't know, you didn't know this was going to happen a week ago, so it's not like it's like it wasn't a contingency plan. It wasn't no. something that he had just had in this in the cupboard, just going in case this happens. I'm going to have this, and for him, like it was, I was really like, and like he's a very meticulous. Like he, there's little fine details he has a real art for, and the assistant coaches there are awesome as well. So I think. Just comes down to just staff and him himself. What did you learn from him as a player and as a person? Um, mate, I learned a lot. Like, I wouldn't be able to put it down to Fun one thing. or two things. I think just the way they go about things, the way preparation, yeah, preparation, just even in even life as well. Like focusing, like sort of on finding what's best for yourself and how to become the best player I can be on my own. I think the best thing about what I learned there was. There wasn't too much spoon feeding. It was a lot of, like obviously the Roosters, you you glamour club and they get everything. And but I think what they've really given me more than anything is they've given me the tools to be able to be the best player I can be. And that's what it's sort of rare. Like sometimes as a as a player, you get coached, so you get taught things. Coaching is someone teaching you something, right? So I think what they taught me was how to teach myself. When in a way, how to how to eat properly, how to recover properly. Had like I got it, like. I got educated in those things, so I think it's. There's a, I can. I think I feel really self sufficient now because I've learned it. It wasn't just given. So like the one percent is that normally wouldn't get out of anything anyway. Yeah, exactly right. And obviously, like no one's perfect, so not everyone eats salads every day. Like it just doesn't happen. But I just think knowing what is right and wrong for your body, and knowing what what's right and wrong in the game, and the right way to play the game. So yeah, so we talk about influences, mm. and, and you're still young in your career as well. And you're still a sponge, you're still learning. So, 
players that influenced you at the Roosters? Now you think of you know players, big players, and not a lot of people get to play with a lot of one club men. Um, who was your biggest influence? Who took you under their wing at the Roosters? Um, oh, it's tough to sort of say. As I, mate, I came in my first preseason. I was eighteen, and the amount of leaders that were in that team. I was the youngest in the squad at the time, I remember, and every single person had, all the leaders that are probably still there now, they're, they're all great in their own way. Like, they all sort of taught you different things, but that's funny because the centres there, like like the outside backs, you're looking at like an experienced outside back when they're 18, who can I mould my sort of game after or who can I really look up? But it was like coming through, it was Joey and Latrell, the same age as me, we played the same teams together, so it was yeah. hard to sort of... Uh, I think as 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 Latrell became Latrell and Joey ended up becoming Joey, I think it was funny because it turned from well, these are guys these guys are my mates. I play with them every week in a couple of years ago. And now they're doing what they're doing. I think it was more of a okay, well we're all in the same situation. It wasn't so much an idol. No one really took me under like that in terms they did because I learned a lot from them. But wasn't wasn't one individual in my position that I really. It's funny because. Oh, like I'm a bit of a student of the guy. Like I sort of I really watch a lot of rugby league and I really pay attention to it. So for me, I think I did a lot of my like idolisation in terms of focusing on the player when I was younger. And once I started becoming into squads, it's sort of a bit different. You don't idolise someone as much when you see them every day because it's yeah. <laughs> it's a bit natural. But I think play, like your boys, your Jareds, like your friendy, all, all those boys, like I think I was just more and more on how they trained and how they sort of went about their stuff. And at, at the Roosters, like they're all... They're all such high quality, like they're all behaving the like in the right way. So they're all, mate. They're all great role models. So you said you watch a lot of footy. So who did you base your game off growing up? Never based my game off anyone individual as a whole because you just not, you just don't have the same ability, exact same ability as someone. Like I love watching like Mark Asney and Matt Cooper back growing up, watching those origins and watching them absolutely like that New South Wales era. So them too, Jamie Lyon. Really like watching Jamie Lyon because. He, like you could say he wasn't the most athletic person he just knew where to be he just knew where to be just, just so, competitor yeah. yeah midway through 2017 Cooper Cronk announces that he's moving to Sydney to be with his now wife mm-hmm. and then straight away as soon as he announced that he's moving to Sydney it comes out that Roosters were keen on him when he did eventually sign how, how was the news around the club taken yeah it was um, it was a bit of a funny one obviously the Mitchell Pierce sort of situation, so nothing. I think it was a bit funny, but you're talking about Cooper Cronk, like you, everyone you don't know, you didn't, didn't know the bloke from Bar. So, obviously, watching him throughout my teenage years and whatever, but like you, you, you couldn't help but be excited because it's Cooper Cronk, yeah. Like, you just everyone, I think oh, I can only speak for myself, but I know I was excited, I was like, I'm just gonna learn here, like, this is an opportunity to learn. So, I think, um, it was a bit. Funny with Piercy, I don't know how those senior boys that were with him throughout won the grand final with him, that would be sort of a bit tough to take, but I'm not too sure exactly, but that's for them to sort of say. But for me, I just know he's just another great player I could learn yeah. of. I yeah. spent a few years with Piercy, training with him, and I learned a lot from him as well, mate. He's one of the most skillful players I've ever seen. Yeah, for many years, everyone thought that those three were going to retire as a one-man one club. That's mm. um, funny how, how life turns out. Well, sure. what training methods... Did he bring that you kind of easily thought and caught on that they were a Melbourne a Melbourne type training method? Um, it's just his um account like accountability. Like if he was to put a bad kick in at training, 
you knew that he was after training, he was about to kick 40, 50 more balls. The exact same kick. You knew he was going to do that. Like, it was... And you can see how hard he is on himself when something does go wrong. So it, it, there's no... Perfectionist. Just, yeah, yeah, he's a perfectionist. And I think that's really, obviously, a testament to how his whole career has been. Like, he's... You very rarely see him have a down season, do you? Like, he's... Just watching him train and watching him go about his stuff, he very rarely makes a mistake. But if, if, he, if he was, because he's human... Like, he'll be working on it straight after training. 100%. So, you weren't re-signed by the Roosters. Why do you think you weren't re-signed? And why did you end up signing with the West Tigers? Um, yeah, so I had the opportunity to go to the Roosters, stay at the Roosters as well. It was sort of one of those in-between periods. We were still in talks with the Roosters. They were, it definitely wasn't a... They didn't want me anymore. But at the same time, I think I... I knew where I'd played first grade that year. I sort of knew what I could do. I knew that I had... I knew I just wanted to play first grade. Like, you don't... You want to... Yeah, we talk about how good the New South Wales Cup system is and it's good for players, but you, you want to play first grade. And I think, obviously, seeing that Joey and Latrell were the centres there and they're obviously 20, 22, 23 years old as well, same age as me. So I think, for me, it was just going out and finding my own path and seeing what I could learn from another organisation, another coach, obviously... It was Ivan at the time and now Michael Maguire. And, um, I just think, for me, it was see if I can learn off someone else and see what I, where, where that can take me because sometimes you just need a bit of change just to spark something. So was Ivan an influence? Uh, uh, yes and no, mate. It was just, in general, it was the Tigers. I think they obviously had their experienced players with their Benji, Robbie, Chris Lawrences and stuff. They've been around the game for a long time. I think they had good leaders there. Uh, that was a that was a decision as well because I was like, who can I learn the most of? Who can I where can I benefit the most from? And obviously, uh, I chose the Tigers, but um, it was just it was, over, a good was, decision. It, was it just out of Tigers and the Roosters? Oh, uh, there was a few things here, not nothing in concrete, but there was the Tigers were probably the uh, was my preferred option at the time. If you had a choice of, you know, all sixteen clubs in front of you. We have a massive paycheck. Right now, which one would you go to? As, as in terms of, as in terms of, if you had two years to better your game. Where would you go? It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Like, if you're a if you're a fan from the outside in, and you've grown up in Sydney, and you can go anywhere, and you're looking purely at where you can better your game, you'd say the Roosters. But I've been there for five years. Not that I've learned everything, and not like I couldn't get better if I was there. Of course, you could. But I don't know, it's hard to say. Really, it's hard to say. I'm, I'm really enjoying where I'm at. Like, Michael Wise has been really good. I'm really enjoying learning off him and the players there. So it's, that's, that's a tough question. But I think for me, being like, you'd think Roosters, they won the comp last year, so people would just say the Roosters. But it's a different situation because I, I was there. <laughs> no, no, if that was me, I'd be saying, I'd be saying Melbourne. I think. 100%. No, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a Sydney boy. Yeah, I'm a yeah, Sydney boy. Like, it's hard to catch between two. Do you go down in the Melbourne system and leave your family? Oh, or do you or do you stay here where you're happy where your family are and you, you just look at you... you look at how many journeymen have gone down there and kicked on after oh, leaving. And you can't deny it, like it's it's fa- it's a fact. It really is a fact. So but like I said, being a Sydney yeah, boy, boy, not that you mate, Traditionalist where yeah. where rugby league started. It's, 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 a, it's a tough question, so I was just trying to find the best way. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, we'll put you on the spot. So we obviously we talked about Robbo. Um what's the difference between Mags Maguire and um and Robbo as, as a coach. Yeah, they, they obviously have their own styles, but I've, I've found it, like, it's quite similar. I think they've 
like most coaches, well, I don't know, look, it's hard, it's hard. I'm not going to say most coaches because I don't know, but I think they put a lot of emphasis on the preparation and the process of how we go about our weekly sort of weekly things. And I think that's that's real good. I feel like I've found a bit of like consistency there from last year and this year. It hasn't changed too much in that. There's a good preparation. You know who you're coming up against. You know what they're going to show you, what they're going to bring. Like sometimes, I don't know, but going off junior levels and stuff, you might not focus too much on the other team. You might want to worry about yourself because you were still trying to build it. But I, feel I'm, I find I'm very well prepared every week and that's what, that's what you can go off. You want to play your best footy every week. You've got to be prepared as possible and that's what I found is consistent between the two and that's, I think it's really helped me. It hasn't been too much of a change. Obviously, there is changes here and there, but I've, I've, there's, a, there's a few consistencies there that I'm really enjoying. What's happening with that beard, mate? September beard, baby. I think he's liking himself a bit. I think he really enjoys it. <laughs> Benji and Robbie, obviously, at the back end of their career. Yeah. What's it like coming to training every day? Are they still being pranksters like they were many years ago, or is it more level headed? It's a really tight squad. Like they, they both, they, they have their laugh. We have our laugh as a team. Like we're, I feel like we're, everyone gets along really well. There's, there's a good dynamic there. And they're like Benji's always, always taken this. If he's not, he, like he's either really a really good leader, serious, or he's making a joke. But when you know he's making a joke, you know he's not. It's not like Laxy Daddy joking. He's not. He's not switched off. He's he's always a good, been a great leader, and so is Robbie. So the dynamic there's really good. They have a good blend between having a laugh and being a mentor and being. You a, go down to Robbie's cafe and have a have a latte now. Nah, personally, haven't haven't been there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, state of mind, play advocate. Tell us, tell us about this and how you got involved and why. Yeah, I got approached by um, one of our welfare officers at the Roosters about this, um, and they're all putting two new programs. Uh, there was a Voice Against Violence and a State of Mind program. And if I'd be interested in uh, like mental health, it's it's one of those ones. Like, I don't think anyone can sit there and say they've never experienced it or some capacity I think it's one of those things that whether it's to you or to someone else around you I just think it's something that needs to be spoken about and I just got the opportunity and I just jumped at it because if you can make a difference you get like everyone sort of knows someone that's been affected or knows at least knows of it now it's been spoken of, of, of enough now but I just think it's massive and it's still so I just think there's so much more that can be done like so much more that can be done in, in just in society as well like obviously there's People are going through things and, mate, no, I'm not to speak too much about it, but it happens, like, it's in society as well, like, not to speak about the real dark sort of parts of it, but it, it, it does affect people and I just think it need, more needs to be done about it. So I thought if I could help, it would be a good thing. Mr. Professional, who would you think Mr. Professional who trains the house down now? We spoke about Mr. Fix-It mm. being... Orbison, who's Mr. Professional? If you're at the Roosters when you're there or even now at the Tigers, who goes the extra mile? There's a few. When you get up to top level, there is a few, but a couple that come to mind, obviously Cooper, obviously Cooper, but one that surprised me when I first sort of got there, and Ryan Madison, really dedicated. Not that everyone, you're dedicated if you're in the NRL. You can't not be, but Ryan Madison really surprised me when I first sort of met him. And um, he just carried it through. It's just him. He just loves his weights, <laughs> loves his weight, but just loves it, loves the, the whole bit of it. 
eats, eats, eats right, just prepares right. Prepares right. He's, Here's one for the forwards. You know, forwards are generally known as in the olden days just the, the meter eaters and the, the bricks. Mm. Who's the smartest forward you've come across? Mado's <laughs> mm. up there. Yeah. Mado is smart. Mado could be could be a coach as well. He's um he's pretty switched on. And I think it's just recency bias as well. Like I'm with him every day now. So I just off the top of my head, Mado yeah, Mado's is impressive. I think if you're a coach and is is there's more facets to him than just studies the game like you. Say. Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so he grew up obviously well he's grew up around footy. Yeah. Obviously Greg Madison is his uncle and they were a bit of a football family, so I think it's Sort of been a part of him. Yeah, um, biggest biggest pest um, on and off the field that you've played with and against. <laughs> oh, with or against? Um, there's a few blokes. There's a few blokes. There's a characters everywhere. You, someone like someone like pest. I wouldn't say pest, but Vic, Victor's one of the best. <laughs> around there. Yeah. He's, he's, he's not, I wouldn't say pest, but he's just one of the best. Like he's always Banter. always laughs around him. He's always doing something stupid, or he's said something stupid, or <laughs> said something funny, and talk about someone that doesn't sometimes just doesn't think when before they say something. Yeah, Victor, he's just, he's he's one of the best to be around. It's it's not the answer of a pest, but Victor's one of the best to be around. Toughest player you've ever played against or with. No, that's it. But yeah, Victor. Yeah, I remember, Tigers. I remember, but yeah, what about the Tigers? Tigers, mate. I don't know, Matalino or Parker. Yeah, 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 they're tough. But um, Chrissy Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen. I've never seen anything like that. I mean, he's had to. He's had to hit as well. Yeah, yeah. Hit. Yeah, mate. He's been doing it. He should have been three hundred game by now. Oh, the same as McDougal played seventeen years and didn't even play two hundred games. Yeah, Adam, that is. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, Chrissy Lawrence is tough. Match day. So match day. So how do you prepare yourself? For match day. Your your rituals. Any superstitions? Um, I like to go. I just go for a walk in the morning, grab some brekkie, chill out, and then I shut it down. I just sit on the couch, watch some TV shows for a few hours, have a nap. Pretty standard. Just try to sort of fill your day in what these about night if games. You're on, what about if you're on tour with the Brisbane and that? What yes, you well, it's pretty easy to sort of replicate. Sort of just. Grab with, with the team, yeah, and then just chill in, chill in the room. Normally, grab my iPad or something, watch a few shows, have a sleep. Like these night games, man, the day drags out. It just takes so long. You just want to get get it to the Arvo, so just try to kill time with having that. What's your go to meal with night before? Um, night before, I get some salmons and veggies. I like to get I like to get some fish in the night before. Yeah, I used to not your typical spag bowl. Yeah, everyone says pasta, spag. pizza, pasta. Nah, <laughs> get some salmon and some veg. Normally, does me. Awesome. Any superstitions? They put your left foot on, for left boot on, right foot. Um, How you do your strapping? I, I strap my wrists every game, and I've got no, there's no drums at my wrists. I just, <laughs> I just strap them. I think that feels good. It's a fashion, it's a fashion accessory. Yeah. Oh, look at that. What do you ride on no, it? No, like? I don't ride on it. <laughs> no, nothing like maybe, that. Maybe your next game you can write TFW. Yeah. So any any uh, any injuries growing up? Like my boy Dishy's has come back from he had a broken collarbone. Yep. Spent six weeks out and. The one thing that I told him is that he had to come back without fear. He come back with fear, so you're gonna, you know, back of your mind, and so you're gonna wreck your game. So have you had any injuries growing up? Yeah, yeah, coming through um twenties, obviously finished SG ball at eighteen and go straight to twenties, and I um 
actually, I've done both my shoulders back to back. Took about, oh, obviously, about a year in total. Sort of missed half, almost two seasons, or half a season, and almost the next season. Did back to back. Did them the first game back. I did the other one. So sort of it was a bit of a tough period there. Sort of didn't know where I was at, and I was off contract, and it's just one of those things that you're sitting, you're sitting around watching the boys play every week. And it was actually the grand final year for the twenties. I came back last second last round. Did my hammy in that game. <laughs> Light strain in the hammy, so I missed the last round and played the four finals game. So I pretty much played four games to end the year. That was the final series. So I sort of come back at a great time. So, but yeah, those two that year was it was a tough year. Like going through back to back, and you're, all you're doing is training. You're sitting on the bike, or you're swimming, or you're doing stuff that's just irrelevant to rugby league, just to get yourself back. And it's a, it's a tough period. Like I said, I was off contract, and that's what some of this that mental health stuff I was talking about. Like it's a tough period, and it's a tough slog. You're not you're not doing what you want to be doing. You're not doing like you take what you want to do is taken away from you. And it sounds, but like anyone that's been through rugby league and been had a few injuries back to back will tell you like it's not easy. It's not tough. Oh, sorry, it, uh, it's tough. So it's, um, yeah, you sort of don't know whether what you want to be doing for the rest of your life is sort of even available to you after that because you don't know what you're going to come back like. You're just in that, yeah, you're just in that, um, oh, what, if I, what if I didn't make that tackle? What if I didn't get tackled sort mm. of thing? It plays on your mind. Uh, I, remember, I, I come from a soccer background um, and I've done my ACL and it's like, you know, do you pay for the surgery? Do you pay for the surgery and get back out there? Or do you just go work? You know what I mean? Like, you're at that stage where if, if, if you're going to make it, you would have made it already sort of yeah. thing. So, and like you said, the demons go through your head. You go out there, first tackles are going to happen again. Yeah. Um, how's the shoulders now anyway? All good? No, they're good. Strap them no, still? Good. No, 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 I don't. No. Yeah. I, um, yeah, they've sort of been really good since, since then. So it's actually yeah, and that's what I said to my boy after his last game. I said, no more strapping now. You've, you've gone through the year. Mm. Next year, it's stronger with our growing up. Being South Sydney, do you, did you support the Red and Green, or were you another? We well, lived club? in Belmore, so maybe the dogs. Lived in Belmore. I did grow up a dogs fan. Obviously, Dad, like that, I was explained earlier in the podcast, Dad was a dogs fan, so I grew up a dogs fan naturally, being there in the area. But um, so once he started playing, and obviously became a Roosters fan once I went there, and just, and then sort of the fans sort of gets taken apart. It's the fan part gets taken apart, and you sort of just trying to learn. You just turn it turns into not that not. To, Negatively, but it turns into a job because you yeah. still be the best you can be. And but yeah, you still, I still, mate, I'm watching the game of rugby league. That's what, I, that's what I tell my boys that I'm coaching, talking about it after one training session because obviously, you know, being 12 and that, they're at the stage where they get to the to the you know the, the in-house development programs for each mm-hmm. junior league, and some of the boys are big in supporters, and they're going, oh, I'm going to play for this team, I'm going to play for that team because I support them, and you know, try and tell them. You, you go the first NRL club that says, "Here, we want you in your de- in our development program." You're not going to say no because I want to go mm. and play elsewhere. Yeah, and I've drilled that into my boy now, and he he, he knows that. He, he, he knows that. He's, his mum says, "Oh, you can't go to this club and you can't go to that club because she don't like them." But at the end of the day, if that club comes and says, "We're going to offer you a contract no one else is, and it's your only chance to get seen." You should be stupid to say no. Take your opportunities. opportunities. Idols growing up at Canterbury? Um, yeah, I, like I said earlier, like I watched a lot of Jamie Lyon and your guys and your Coopers and stuff. They were the, yeah, sort of the outside backs. And I sort of, I so you grew, up as, you grew up, up as an outside back? Yeah, I grew up as an outside back. I played fullback, 5A, centre, and then in my 12 back. Normally the junior league, I was lucky to play in 
the fullback. That was, I think that's really helped me. So, you see that you're starting at uni, mate. What degree are you currently doing? Yeah, I started um, started this year, actually, it's my first year. I'm doing Bachelor of Business. Oh, yeah. So, um, that's been good. It's just been a little bit of something to, to go for the grain. So what, what's your plans, obviously, doing Bachelor of Business? Where are you looking at going? I think, for me, it's just learning. Like, I'm just... I'm just interested in it. Uh, it's gonna make it'll take me a while to sort of complete, but it's something that I can just chip away at and just I don't have any in set and concrete plans, just seeing where it takes me, but um like I'm obviously doing something else full time, so it's just one of those things. So that, how how does that work? Obviously we see a lot of players doing uni degree, but we know that they only have one or two days here and there. Yeah. Do you do a away from Yeah the, the tape? Yeah, so I might like a lot of you, some unis have attendance sort of requirements, but the uni I doesn't, so it's one of those things that I'm sort of making class when I can. And the teachers are pretty accessible, so I'd be able to message them and ask them questions. And other than that, everything's online. You can go, I can see it all online. Anything that I see in class, I get online. So just sort of when I can get there, I can, and when I can't, I'll just catch up. But it, it is, it does get a bit, um, tough but like a lot of players do it so it's one of those things that if you, if you want to do it you can just get you're just getting some education behind your back preparing for life after 40 I suppose yeah exactly right just good to be doing something you don't sometimes that the old football career is not relatable in many many other jobs there's obviously little bits here and there but no one else can, everyone can't be a commentator no uh, exactly right no one can be not everyone can be a commentator not everyone so when um when Madge blows that that final whistle, we'll use it because it's our, it's our name. Yeah, so when he blows that final whistle of a training session, he says, all right, boys, off you go. Go do your own things. What are your own things away from footy? Interests, hobbies? Yeah, um, there's a fair few of us been playing a lot of golf lately. <laughs> Picking up some golf. So we, um, we play that all the time. You got uh, your favourite hole in 19th hole? <laughs> yeah. So we, um, there's a few of us there playing golf a fair bit. Other than that, it's really easy. It's between uni, training, Misses. Yeah, well. Get <laughs> getaways. Yeah, we're moving into this new joint now, so just sorting everything out for that lately. But um, yeah, really been getting into golf. It's been really, it's been quite fun actually. So um, <laughs> a bit of golf and just uni really if so you, far. If you weren't an NRL player, what career path would you have taken you need to make it? That's a tough question. It is a tough question because I didn't think I would be studying business five years after school. I was something I didn't really. One of those play, people in high school that you sort of exit one basket, so I never really had to think about it too much until obviously my injuries sparked me to study. So I think now it's probably something in business. I think I'm really enjoying that, really enjoying studying that. So if you ask me now, then yeah, probably something in business. I just don't know why. I don't know where. I'm just cruising. Just yeah, just trying to get myself as much knowledge as possible. So playing week in week out footy, um, we we obviously ask this to a lot of past players. Um, two things. What rule would you change if you were given a chance to change a rule that's currently in uh, in the game? At in the, the game. Okay. And the second thing is, if you were given Todd's mysterious hat for expansion or relocation, would you expand or would you relocate a current sixteen NRL team side? Yeah, I um, I start with the expansion one. <laughs> I think as a national rugby league, I think it's a shame that it's not nationally played. It's just yeah. East Coast sort of game, really. Yeah. yeah, so probably somewhere over in Western Australia. But it's like it's tough because. Well, over there at the moment, they've got SG Ball. 
Yeah. That's as high as they go for yeah. rep side. Origin was a sellout. And there's no there's no union over in North Stack. Now I'm able um, And look, there's people a lot smarter than smarter than I that are up there thinking about these things. So there's obviously things that are stopping this, but you just you just like to think that there's a way. You know, uh, Adelaide where just at least the national sort of like The biggest the biggest one it would be the time difference. Yeah, but you can play five. Just, you play five thirty over there. It's eight thirty over there. Yeah, and it's just something that has to be worked out. But like, if it's a national sport, you're not going to be. The, and look, to be fair, we we do well. Like we're the best rugby league competition in the world. Yeah. Would you? They like second. So yes. I think, but it just just seems logical um, that there's no another Brisbane team. You reckon? Possibly, I think that's, that's, that's that might be the way. Yeah. And it's just a safe one because Brisbane they they're it's such a crowd. Right. Like it's just I think it's just a safe bet. But again, it's on the east. Yeah, that's right. Would you, but uh, it's safe. Would you be more confident to get another team in over Perth and then maybe another one to make eight or you want to make Gold Coast, New South Wales, fix themselves good, they're the second group in town? Yeah, I, I think you just look at the uh, this model of the NFL model. Everyone's mm. got to watch all the games. But they not every team plays each other. Yeah, not every team plays each other. Not that that's something that we want in Australia because Get some of your matchups as good players in every team, so you want you want to sell them. So I just think there's got to be a way you could have 20 games and every team plays each other once. Why not? Oh, 20 teams, sorry, 20 yeah. games, every team plays each other once, and maybe or maybe 18, and there's still 20 games, and the two rivalries or the main rivalries play each other twice every year. I don't know. I just think I think there's room for expansion. Obviously, it's tough to would they, talk would, about money. Would you think about would it be ideal to merge? Q Cup and New South Wales Cup into a second tier and and then have promotion and relegation Yeah, I've sort of I've had I've had conversations with people about this stuff and I don't know I don't know if that would work. It seems like a good idea, but when you talk about people's livelihoods, like you look at overseas in the England system, two contractors or a tier one to, oh, like a Super League team, they get relegated. Two contracts void. You have to sort of renegotiate. So that you, a lot of people that's when you come into the players' association, that probably wouldn't be as much to do. I don't think anyone will agree to have their contracts sort of be able to be voided like that. It's not very smart. Because you look at Wigan at the moment, that could be relegated in the Super League. Exactly. The biggest club, one of the biggest clubs in England. Exactly. So. We'll, go, we'll go away from the rules side of things. Mm. Transfers. Yep. Are you, are you, are you open for a, a mid-season transfer window similar to EPL where... Years or so students able to trade freely, so it stops the student purple deadline. Or are you more of a traditionalist, as you as you spoke about earlier, on a year contract a year? Yeah, I think there's um there's a bit of both. I don't think I think it's I think it's very up to your parents how things are treated. Rules can change by the time I'm sort of done. So I think what's best is. So let me explain that in terms of if you're a player that's not in a top 30 and or in top 36 or whatever they, whatever the least yep. expanded to and you get an opportunity to play, you should go play. Regardless of injuries or there's no question of injuries. No I just think stopping people from if they don't deserve yeah, games yeah, or equalisation, they should. And I get what it's doing is protecting the players that are in top 30. Yeah. And as obviously people are talking about a player, current player, someone to come up from reserve grade team now to take your position then it starts to become a problem but I just think the more opportunity people have to play the better so they change that rule that
without making it seem like whatever pressure the player, I'll do that. It's it needs to be because it's that's your that's your job to do. You know. So and last yeah, the last one we'll go last one here in a quick one. Two years ago, how do we grow the game at the Premier League see that happening and I think that's I don't know whether that's a right or a wrong way to go about it but you're not, you can't really just make those leaps back and that's it's and, uh, moving it's down hard. moving down to junior yeah how do we progress from there do you, do you see any examples of you going beyond the six years of age and then progressing to that level because at, at six years of age there's only the biggest teams in the NBA who can roll over into age which I had done with all through my coaching journey yeah. They learn a good, smart, and, and, and quick. What's your thoughts on that? Because you know you're, you're coming from that world as well. I guess the main Seven tackle set. Do you like it or get rid of it? I like it when it's got a little bit of time. I like it when it's a good set. Um, I, yeah, I think, it, I think it is it is good. It takes away because you can introduce your player in there and then you need to be able to keep him. I remember with Dale Billy Slater, but there's nothing you can do yeah. because he's keep your head against Billy Slater. Exactly. So That's why they're playing. But no one wants to watch that. Exactly. Yeah. Family life, just you, your brother, mum, dad. Yeah, me and my brother and mum, dad. Do you play footy? Sorry, I mean, golden point. No, golden point, sorry. So, all good. We're just going to finish up there, guys. We're running out of time. We'd like to thank uh, Paul for his time and his hospitality here tonight. Obviously, we wish you all the best and the Tigers to run home into the finals, mate. Here we are, Women in League Preview Round 22. Thursday night, Manly versus the Paul Momorowski Tigers, we'll say. At Lotto Lamb. It'll be interesting to see how Manly respond to last week's surprise road loss to the Warriors. There's also a question mark over Daly Cherry Evans after he bounced back after he sorry after he soldiered through that second half of the ankle injury. Seagulls have usually bounced back well this year after ordinary performances and Des Hasler has a knack of getting his team motivated to make amends. Tigers top eight plans look considerably more bleak than they did. A week ago, after the loss to Bulldogs, not to mention the fact that Robbie Farrow's career could be over after scans have confirmed the fractured tibia and Moses Embi is battling a serious hip flexor injury. Key matchups here, Thompson versus Madison, both in great form and add plenty of attack to defence for their sides. Manly, two changes, fourth by injury. 
Centre park, uh, Brad Parker knee is replaced by Brendan Elliott. And back row, Curtis Sirenen with hamstring is replaced by Jack Gazowski. For Tigers, Moses Embiid's absent with a hip flexor injury opens the door for 19-year-old second-generation Tommy Talao to make his NRL debut in the centres. Jacob Little takes over the hooker for Farrar. And Josh Reynolds is listed among the reserves. Dale, key matchups here, mate. Yeah, the Thompson and Madison battle will be great. Um, Thompson on the left edge there, Madison on the right edge for his side. Yeah, obviously, they, they both add plenty in attack and defence. They'll be um, great either side for them. I uh, love, you know, Talal getting his opportunity. We just had a chat with, obviously, Paul Morosky. said that he's, he's a talent, so it'll be good to see how he goes. I've picked Manly, um, and it'll be in a close one. What about you, mate? Yeah, Manly for me, mate. Friday, the early game, Titans versus Eels at Seabus Super Stadium. Parramatta can keep in touch with the top four by downing a Titan side who is playing nothing but pride. The Eels sit six, two points away from fourth place Rabbitohs after defeating Newcastle last week. On the flip side, Gold Coast Woes extended to seven straight defeats with last week's loss to the Dragons in a 48-28. Given the battle for fourth spot is so tight, Parramatta can't afford to drop this match if they want to secure a second crack at finals. Key matchup, Jai Arrow versus Nathan Brown in in the locks. For the Titans, um, they welcome back Michael Gordon, comes in, into the 17 on, onto the bench at the expense of Latu. For the Eels, Kane comes back after being a late withdrawal last week due to food poisoning. Daniel Alvaro, Alvaro goes back to the bench. Tepai Moroa has been dropped to reserves, and there's still no sign of Blake Ferguson, who is out with a knee infection. Yeah, mate, the key matchup, Joey Arrow, Nathan Brown, uh, it's going to be really, really great. Nathan Brown doesn't hold back, and neither does Joey Arrow. So up up the middle, you know, most most metres, I reckon uh, Nathan Brown will probably end up with the most metres for that one. Good to see Michael Gordon coming back for the final few games of his career. Uh, and I've tipped... I've tipped Eels here. Eels should win by 13 plus if they have any any uh, hopes and aspirations of going deep into the finals. You don't want to have a loss against the Titans, mate. Yeah, they Parramatta struggled um, when it's come to the when they've been the red hot favourites and the sides that they should be. Um, trying to catch up on tips, I've picked the Eels. I uh, to pick the Titans because I, don't, I can't see a side like them losing eight in a row. But I can also be wrong. Moving on to the second game on Friday, Fifey. I think you're fucking wrong, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Broncos versus Penrith at Suncorp Stadium. With so much stake for both teams, this clash should have all the intensity and desperations of a sudden death final. Key matchups here have to be David Fafita and Viliami Kikau. The, the Fijian will get over the... the, the, the Tongan, I reckon, mate, just quietly there, you know, <laughs> pretty pumped about my Penny Panthers. For the Broncos, Anthony Seabold named the same 17 which produced this great escape in Townsville last week. Alex Glenn and Matt Gillette are both listed among the reserves, but will be monitored throughout the week. For the Panthers, veteran playmaker James Maloney returns from suspension. So impressive youngster Matt Burton makes way. Last week's other two teenage debutants, Stephen Crichton and Spencer Lainu, have retained their spots. Isaiah Yeo has been named to start, and Moses Leota goes to the 
bench. Matt Burton shouldn't be too worried about that. He's probably all, all but secured himself a top 30 spot, which he'll take. James Maloney won when James Maloney bids au revoir. I, uh, I, I tip if Maloney has a shocker of a game, they might bring Burton back in. But I'm tipping Penrith, mate. What about you? I've picked Penrith. Um, this, I think they can kick on now. Um, they've got everyone back on deck. Um, and this this will stamp um, this win moving forward, stamp their authority moving into semi finals. They'll kick on if Maloney keeps it straight. If they go sideways, forget it. Forget it. You got to be. You got to. I think you got to be um, win the ruck because. And once we're in the ruck, the the big Brisbane pack will tie, and I don't they don't have the the halves to get them back in the game for the Broncos. So Penrith need to roll them. On to Saturday, the first game, <laughs> my beautiful Knights who have let me down the last five weeks in a row, maybe six, whatever it is. They take on the Cowboys up at home at McDonald Jones Stadium. Considering both the Knights and Cowboys have had three plays in each involved in the deciding origin game last month. It is baffling their 12th and 13th respectively on the NRL ladder. But that's where they find themselves on Saturday afternoon. The home side coming off their sixth loss in a row and the visitors their fourth. Key matchups here will be Piers versus Ponga. Uh, Piers versus Morgan. For the Knights, Watson has been promoted to start at hooker. Levi drops to the bench. Tim Glasby has had Three concussions this year, so it's a mandatory he needs to sit out a week. He's been replaced by Josh King. The new man on the bench is Herman S.A.S.A. For the Cowboys, McLean is welcome back after missing the Broncos' loss with a calf injury. Um, Matt Scott, you know, starts still Josh Mag- due to Josh McGuire being suspended. Uh, Jordan Carr, who returns for an eye socket injury onto the wing. Gidden Gala Mosby drops out. The other change is Ruben Cotta. He's elevated on the bench for Peter Huller. How do you see this one, mate? Mate, I'm going to give another key matchup that I reckon is going to be better than the Pierce and Mon- uh, Morgan one is Ponga versus Strinkwater. Battle of the fullbacks. I reckon it's the battle of the fullbacks there. There's no one in the team that's going to stop Tamalolo. So there's no matchup for Tamalolo. But, um, yeah, I- I'm looking forward to the battle of the fullbacks. It'll be interesting uh, Ponga versus Drinkwater. Yeah, definitely will. I feel that with Watson coming in, it gives us more uh, creativity. Um, our dummy half, I, he, I truly believe he should be at six and Levi at nine, but I don't get paid those big bucks. But I'm back on my Knights in a close one. Yeah, I'm going Knights only due to the fact that Cowboys season's over, and if Knights lose this week, their season will also be over. So they have a bit more well, to play for. They should have a bit more to play for. They're, the la- they're, they're sitting at the last spot where, you know, they lose, they're out. Storm, Raiders, Amy Park. This match is set to be a cracker. Coaches and best mates from the Canberra playing days, Craig Bellamy and Ricky Stewart, also know each other's styles very well, but they, are, they each are as cunning as foxes, so they'll be searching for that weak point somewhere along that fence line. Being in two cold weather clubs, the Raiders visiting Melbourne's Amy Park is unlikely to throw Stewart's men off the weather, uh, off the job in hand. Sorry, with the weather being similar, Storm beat the Raiders before their home crowd in round two, so a little payback will be in Canberra's minds. There are key matchups here: uh, Smith and Hodgson being the number one there, and uh, Whiten is also playing his 150th game. I 
there say uh, another one would be the wingers, uh, the wingers, so, uh, Leipana, we call it, don't we? Leipana. Leipana. Yeah, they're, they're coming up against, I think it's Suliasi Vulnavalu and Olem, I think. So that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, for Storm competition leaders, welcome back to Rome Hughes, a fullback with promising rookie Nico Hines. Overlooked despite last week's impressive club debut, or in a raw debut, I should say. The only other change on the bench is where Ryan Pappenhausen is back, replacing Billy Walters. For the Raiders, as we just spoke about, Joey Leilulo returns after a long layoff with a neck injury, prompting Ricky Stewart to move Nick Kotrick to the win and Bailey Summerson to the bench. How do you see this one, mate? Um... For the Raiders to win, they're going to need to complete their sets and not give away uh, penalties. That's what got the Roosters out of trouble. Um, a lot of drop ball by the Raiders. And also, they gave away way too many penalties. And I feel that they went off their game, their tactics-wise, um, compared to what they've done all season. They tried to beat the Roosters at... Like, tried to beat the Roosters at the Roosters game, where they should have tried to beat the Roosters at their own game. Uh, and I feel giving away too many penalties and drop too much ball... If they do it against Melbourne, they'll make you pay. And um, I don't see Melbourne losing at home. It will be a close one. Um, and then again, it'll be Ricky Stewart's side hasn't lost, hasn't beaten a, a side in front of them all season. Yeah, well, I've um, I, in our run home talk that we done a few weeks back, I tipped Melbourne to actually lose this one. I'm gonna stay that way too. I think the Raiders will be on it again. Obviously, you know, wanting to beat the Roosters last week and just narrowly missing out. I I think they'll be on it again. I think the Rabbitohs pushed the Storm harder than what we actually believed or led to believe with the you know with the final scoreline. So I'm tipping the Raiders to pull a miracle out here and actually beat the Storm to show that they are going to be finals contenders come semi-finals. Final game on Saturday, South Sydney versus. The Bulldogs at ANZ Stadium. The game might might have been a formality for the Roosters a couple uh, of Rabbitohs. <laughs> a Rabbitohs, sorry, a couple of months ago, but they aren't the same team that tore through the first half of the season. The Bunnies will be in the in the finals, but it's hard to see them surviving very long based on their performances since the Origin period. The Dogs showed once again they can't be taken lightly with last week's come from behind. Victory over the Tigers and would love to hurt the Bunnies' top four prospects. Some changes for South Sydney and Sam Burgess returns. Junior Talola drops back to the bench. Jaden Sua has been recalled and pushes Dean Britt to the bench. Braden Burns returns at centre, pushes Kyle Turner um, back to the bench. No, he's out altogether. He's got a suffered court hamstring, so he's having tests, so he um, might not be a certain starter. And then Nichols and Corey Allen drop out for the dogs there, unchanged from their win. What do you, how do you see this one going, mate? Mate, this, this was discussing your head, isn't it? Like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you say, yeah, Rabbitohs going to win 13 plus, but the dogs, they've said, they've come out and they've said they want to end this season on a high. Uh, Dallin, which is Lesnick, did come out and, and do the, do the, you know, I must have had a bit of laughing gas performance that we still were, we were still a chance at the finals. Um, but it's good to see them wanting to finish the season on the high and move forward next year. You know, they've just acquired the services of Dean Britt, uh, and there is talk that uh, they're, they're chasing Ramian, SASA, and 
a couple other players that are off contract to bolster their line for the next next year. Uh, um, I'm tossing up. I'm. It's either going to be uh, Rabbitohs by one or Bulldogs by one. At the at this at this early point in the week, I'm not I'm not at, a, at liberty to to go either way. It's it's really going to be a choice of who you want to go for on the day. It's yeah, it's going to be a tight one. Um, like we said, Rabbitohs want to get a top four prospect. They've got to come out hard and win. But uh, I just see Bulldogs fighting to the death. Moving on to Sunday's first game, the uh, Roosters and Warriors. After being title contenders, after beaching one of the title contenders mainly last week to remain in the finals hunt, the Warriors challenge only gets harder with the Roosters lining weight. Realistically, needing to win every match to sneak into the top eight, Kearney's men run into a Roosters side coming off a 22-18 win against Canberra. Um, the Roosters have, treat, have treated bottom eight teams with disdain recently, smashing Newcastle, Canterbury-Bankstown and Gold Coast by a combined total of 98 points in the past month. Key matchups here. Tedesco has been widely tagged the world's best fullback currently in the game, but Roger Tuovasa-Shek might have something to say about that one. Two elite custodians who eat metres just for the fun of it. There is no one more influential for either side. Boyd Corner is eyeing a return off after being named among the reserves and the Warriors are unchanged, but Nikarima has been named on the extended bench, mate. How do you see this one? Yeah, blockbuster matchup between um, fullbacks. RTS returning um, home, so to speak, uh, where he started his career. I feel if the Roosters get into that mood, um, the Warriors will be blown off the park but if the Warriors can get into that grind um they could go for a potential upset here but I don't I don't see I see the Roosters 13 plus and kicking on towards the back end of into finals I reckon the Roosters are going to come off flat from last week I really do um so yeah I see uh I could see an upset here I reckon if the Warriors played like they did last week they could um they they weren't really tested either, um so to speak you know where the Roosters actually had like a semi final type match. I'll tip the Roosters here, but if there's going to be an upset, it's going to be this match. Final game round twenty two Sharks versus the Dragons at Points Bet Stadium. The Sharks might have got caught up listening to last week's pregame talk that they were good thing. They were good things to beat Penrith. The Panthers had other ideas, establishing a commanding 26-4 lead and doing enough to claim a 26-20 triumph after Cronulla's late revival. It was the kind of loss that could prove costly for the Sharks when the dust settles after the final round. The Dragons finally gave their Windstar fans something to celebrate last week and their final four games could have a significant impact on Paul McGregor's future with the club. Key matchup, the forwards should cancel each other out for most part, which should ensure the spotlight falls on the Battle of the Haas. Sharks duo, Sean Johnson and Chad Townsend, weren't at their best last week, and they'll have a tough challenge up against the Dragons pair of Ben Hunt and Gareth Widdop. For the Sharks, the changes are Matt Moylan is back from concussion. He goes the fullback. 
Dugan reverts back to center. Josh Morris to the wing. Ronaldo Mortalio is admitted. Andrew Fafita is out with a knee injury and replaced by Billy Magoulalis. Here's his second game. And his second game. For the Dragons, uh, Luciano Leilua gets the nod um, to come in for injured Tarek Sims, who's out for the rest of the season after undergoing groin surgery. And Blake Lowry is the new man on the bench. Mate, I'm going to... This is another one of those derby games. I'm going to chip an upset here. I'm going to go Dragons. I've picked the Dragons too. I think the the Sharks um, after last week are dead and buried. Injury, plague season, suspended plague season, uh, up and down season. I really think that um, they're going to struggle down there. I think and the Dragons get some form going at the back end of the year. And they're over the cap for 2020 already, so they're going to have to shed player. Who would you shed? One player you have to shed. Uh, Moylan. He's, if he's on nine, if they say he's on 900k and he's only played five games, value for money's not there. And yeah, you know, but on the same on the same token, he's not he's not the Sharks aren't paying the full for him because Penrith are. So you know, I'd get rid of him and Dugan. I'd go Woods. Woods I know Woods is having a revived career, but I'm getting paid by Tigers. I I go I go I go Woods. You could spend the the four hundred that they're spending on him somewhere else. That's true. That's that's. I don't know how they can be over how they can be over the cup. They're over. Well, they're over. The, they're over the cup this year. So obviously they haven't gone through and checked to see what they're doing for next year. But dragons for mine, mate. Dragons for me, and what, it'll be a great tussle, one to twelve. So guys, we get our NRL content from nrl.com, uh, also from countryrugbyleague.com and New South Wales for our Facebook, we love to get any extra information from uh, the boys at Serious About Rugby League. Uh, check them out on the Facebook page. They do a great job. And we also grab some excerpts from the NRL news site with Ricardo running that page. For more information, you can listen to our podcast on the Anchor Wrap, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or you can hit us up on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash the final whistle RL, and Instagram, the final whistle underscore RL, or alternatively, you can email us on the final whistle RL at hotmail.com. Uh, just a couple of uh, exciting things happening, though. We are running a junior rugby league competition next year which we are aptly going to call it the Final Whistle's Greatest Junior Superstar. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, some exciting big um, winners' prizes will be announced within the next month, um, and we will set up a YouTube channel for the competition for that. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and please share our podcast to your rugby league friends, family, and community. Also jump on if you jump on us if you want to get something out there like Cambridge Park did and thanks for tuning in. And that's the final whistle. <laughs>